0: A new drug has hit the streets of America with side effects that are so horrifying. It's like something out of RoboCop. But without the RoboCop, it'd be fine if there was a cyborg walking around, but there's not. It's just people suffering. It's so crazy. And then we look at one of the hottest true crime stories taking place this month, but this one may have a paranormal twist. When four college students are brutally murdered, police quickly apprehend a suspect. But is it possible they have the wrong man? Is it possible the real killer was Bigfoot? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host Jason Carpenter. I'm having a good day. I hope you guys are having a good day too. I'm having a good day. Because this is the first episode I'm recording since my COVID diagnosis. The last two episodes are actually pre-recorded. But man, that COVID really knocked me for a loop. But I'm feeling really good now. I'm feeling a lot better. I'd say I'm 90%. I'm still a little sleepy just woke up from a nap right now to record this episode. It's due in like two hours. I got to have this episode out for you guys. And I just want to thank you guys for your warm wishes and the get well soons and everything that I got over the course of my sickness. But someone who always has warm wishes for me, whether I'm sick or not, walking into Dead Rabbit Command right now, everyone give it up for one of our newest Patreon supporters, Steve. Woo-hoo, yeah, Steve, come on in, buddy, come on in. He's like, I don't want to be here on the COVID episode. I got one more day of being contagious. Come here and give me a big old hug. Steve, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the show financially, I totally get it. I really do. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That really helps out so much. And very quick, I have some awesome news. This is so cool. This is another thing I've been so excited to tell you guys about. In March, in the city of Seaside, Oregon, there is the Oregon Ghost Conference. It's an annual convention they've had going on now for 10 years. This will be the 11th annual Oregon Ghost Conference. I'm going to be a speaker there. I will be giving a presentation live at the Oregon Ghost Conference in Seaside, Oregon this year. I will give you guys more details as it comes closer. The Oregon Ghost Conference runs from March 24th to March 26th. I don't know what day I'm speaking on or what time I'm speaking on or anything like that. I probably could have waited until I had that information, but I couldn't wait to tell you I will be a speaker at the Oregon Ghost Conference. It's a 50-minute long presentation. So I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. I'm so excited about it. And, and this excitement, I hope you guys can feel it. And thank you guys. Thank you for putting me at this point where I can be a speaker at the Ghost Conference. When I was doing the UFO Festival, I remember my friend Sabine came out. And she helped me there. She helped set everything up and hung out with me while I had this haunted museum at the UFO Festival. I remember I turned to her and I go, next time I want to be a speaker at one of these. Because <laughs> the rain is falling down on my head and the line for the bathroom was a half hour long, I said, I'm going to push people out of the way and be like, get out of the way, guys. I'm a speaker. It's, I, I'm, so, I'm so excited about this. I think you guys can tell. It's going to be really cool. If you guys can come out to see it, it would be really, really cool. Steve, let's go ahead and start off by tossing you the hair hang glider. Let's jump off the highest point of Dead Rabbit Command and glide all the way out to Philadelphia. <sighs> We're not headed to Philly, though, to run up the famous stairs, the Rocky Stairs. I don't know what they're actually called. It's probably, like, actually a historical landmark that was made before Rocky. I don't think they built them for Rocky to run up. We're not there for that. We're not there to check out Patty's Pub. No. we We should stop by those places anyways, right? Let's go for a run up the Rocky Stairs and let's grab a drink at a fictional pub. I don't even think it exists, but someone I'm sure is using that name in that city, Patty's Pub. But after we've hung out at those two places, I go, hey, let's go here. I got another tourist attraction for you. Come on, let's go over this way. And you're like, oh, what could it be? Could it be the Liberty Bell? You ask yourself as we are walking deeper into the city. And eventually I go, here is the number one tourist destination of Philadelphia. And you like look out on this open street and you're like, Jason, I I don't know. I don't think this is a part of the tour. Not only that, but someone just took my wallet. And you see a guy running past us, and he's like, I got it. I got all the money, guys. Give me drugs. You're like, what? We're currently standing. (laughs) Now we have no clothes on. We're just standing there in our underwear. Everything else has been stolen. We're currently standing in one of the biggest open-air drug markets in America. It's not like it's not like a farmer's market. It's not like some guy's like, get your heroin here. Come on. He has like big bushels of heroin. People are walking up. They're like, is it organic? And he's like, oh. It's just where people sell drugs. It's where people, the crime situation is so bad that people openly sell drugs. And the police are like, we got other stuff to do. Plus, we don't want our clothes stolen. This giant open air drug market in Philadelphia. And there's currently, this has been a past couple of months, this has been growing, but I recently read an article, this was published in the New York Times, about how, not how bad the drug problem has become in Philadelphia, because again, they're just selling this stuff openly in the middle of the street. It's been bad for a while. But how bad the drugs have become. Heroin is now one of the hardest drugs to find in America. Not only are the drug addicts kind of shocked by this, but the people who study drugs, the people who look at you know, the, the science of addiction and all of this stuff, they're like, this is so weird. Heroin is now one of the hardest drugs to find in the United States. Now, you can walk into an open-air drug market and you can buy heroin and you can get heroin, but it's not heroin anymore. What happened is basically you had such a crackdown on the opioid market So it's even hard to get prescription painkillers nowadays. If you get them from your doctor, you're lucky. You can turn around and sell them for like $5 a pill. I'm not endorsing you doing that. But prescription opioids, there's been such a crackdown on prescribing them. They're very hard to get. Now, you can go and buy a bottle of hydrocodone or a bottle of Oxycontin, but it's not that anymore. And the heroin is not that anymore either. It's fentanyl. It used to be that you would get a little bit of heroin when you went to go buy heroin from your dealer. You'd get a little bit of heroin. you get a little bit of heroin mixed with a little bit of fentanyl, which is a synthetic opioid. So you would still feel the effects of a painkiller. And it got to the point where dealers started going, okay, well, we can get this heroin, put a little bit of fentanyl in it. And it'll still be super potent, and people will get addicted to the fentanyl in the heroin that we're selling. So if you went and just did normal heroin, it's not going to give you a full fix anymore, because now you've become addicted to the fentanyl. What's happened to the heroin market is a one-two punch. First off, heroin was becoming more rare anyways. When the U.S. withdrew their forces from Afghanistan, the Taliban, who then took the country back over, they had owned it previously, The Taliban has never been a fan of opioids, and Afghanistan would have fields, just as fields as far as the eye can see, of poppies, just where you get opium from. Well, the Taliban, after the U.S. pulled out, the Taliban told the poppy farmers, you get one more season. We'll let you harvest the poppies you have right now. But after that... You're going to have to start growing wheat or pickles or something else because we're not going to allow you to grow more poppies. We're not going to allow you to produce opium. It's against what we stand for. <laughs> it is pretty weird when the Taliban, I think, has a better state of mind than the U.S. government, who came in and was like, oh, just grow whatever you want. We'll have CIA-funded planes to fly it out on the regular. Just grow the opium. The Taliban came in. I don't agree with the Taliban on much. Probably just this one thing, honestly. Shouldn't be growing mass amounts of poppies. So all of a sudden you have a huge, it goes from having just a little bit of heroin to no heroin. This was one of the most popular street drugs for decades. And now it's going back to no heroin. You just can't get it in the United States. So now we're just getting fentanyl and people are selling it as heroin. A lot of drug addicts go, kids nowadays have never done heroin. And they never will. They're addicted to fentanyl. It's called heroin on the street. It looks like it. But it's not the heroin high that we grew up with. And they also said that was another thing. Before, you would have an old heroin user. You could have people who did heroin like Philip Seymour Hoffman. They go, that that doesn't exist anymore. Neither does he, unfortunately. He passed away from Heroin overdose, but they go, you could used to have people who could be on heroin for a long time. Maybe they get clean, get back on it, maybe they never try to get clean and they just stay on it for a long time. They go, fentanyl's not like that. People die young when they're addicted to fentanyl. But that's not what we're talking about. Because now, an even worse drug. I mean, this this what I'm about to talk about is so dystopian. I was shocked. I read this article and then I started watching documentaries and things on this. It's been around for a couple months in the United States, probably a little bit longer. But now it's becoming a public health emergency. This is so insane. There's a brand new drug on the market. Because fentanyl has now become hard to source. The number one importer of fentanyl to the United States, it's synthetic, you can just make it in a laboratory, was China. And President Trump said... You can't ship this stuff over to America anymore. It's killing people. It's wiping out an entire generation. 100,000 people died last year of drug overdoses. That's the that's the biggest amount. And I think that was primarily opioids. 100,000 Americans died last year due to drug overdoses. And th- that's wartime numbers. So China, to their credit, <laughs> it took a while. took a while. They, they were kind of hemming it on, but... China eventually said, okay, we're going to declare in China that fentanyl is a controlled substance. So now you just can't produce it in a laboratory and put it on a plane and ship it over. We're not going to allow that anymore. Now, is there some seepage? Yeah. Is this stuff still being produced over there? Yeah. But at a much smaller amount than it was before. The slack's kind of been picked up in Mexico. They'll have some fentanyl labs down there. But it's nowhere near the amount of fentanyl that was previously just coming over. So what do the drug addicts do? What do the drug dealers do, right? You need to create a drug that people are going to have. And that is where we now have Trank. Trank, T-R-A-N-Q, is the stuff of nightmares. We've heard stories before about Crocodile. That was a drug that we would see pop up in Russia and Eastern Europe it was for people who were so desperate to get high that they would take basically codeine cough syrup because you, a lot of opioids you can openly buy in other countries. You can buy codeine cough syrup over the counter in most of Europe. America has a serious drug problem. I can't figure out why it's us. We cannot, we cannot have codeine cough syrup sold over the counter. But you... They do. And in Russia, people were desperate to get high and they were looking for a cheap high and they begin to take coating cough syrup and run all these chemicals through it to make it more potent. And when you injected it into your body over time, the wound that you were injecting into would start to necrotize and your skin would start to look like a crocodile's. It would become black. And leathery right at the injection site. And if you didn't stop, you would start to show the effects as if you had a flesh-eating virus. You would start to lose skin and muscle tissue around the injection site. Trank is far worse than that. This stuff is brutal. What it is, it is fentanyl. There's no heroin left, right? It is just fentanyl mixed with a drug called Xylazine. It is a legal, uncontrolled substance that is used to tranquilize cows and horses. Vets use xylazine as a tranquilizing drug. Super, super sedative effects. Trank is fentanyl, which is already so dangerous, mixed with xylazine. You can't snort it. It's way too painful. You have to inject it into your body. And what happens is, give yourself an injection, and you immediately pass out. Because the xylazine is that strong. You're just like, I need to get high. You inject yourself. You immediately pass out. You wake up eight hours later. And you're already sick from fentanyl withdrawal. You've gone through withdrawal while you were high on Trank. So when you come to, you immediately need more drugs. You don't even get the people go, I inject myself with this like I was a heroin addict and then I just started using fentanyl. But now when I use Trank, which is all I can find. Now when I use Trank, I immediately pass out. And then when I wake up hours later, I'm already sweating and pooping my pants because I'm going through fentanyl withdrawal. And you're lucky if that's all that happens, people. They call it the robbery drug because people you're hanging out a lot of for a lot of people drug use is a social activity. You inject yourself a trank, you wake up 8 hours later, all your stuff's gone. This isn't even the worst part, by the way. This, this right here would just be a bad drug. Trank Super addictive, because what happens is you get addicted to the tranquilizing effects as as well. So then ordinary fentanyl doesn't do it anymore. You need more Trank. That's not the worst part. The worst part is this chemical is so toxic to the human body. People's limbs. Limbs, not just their skin. People are losing arms and legs because they are addicted to Trank it's something that you would see in some sci-fi horror movie like RoboCop or Repo the Genetic Opera something that if you saw in a book or in a cyberpunk novel you'd be like wow that that's a little that's a little extreme no one would be addicted to a drug that makes <laughs> makes their legs fall off this is what the drug does you inject it into your arm and you'll lose a leg. (laughs) It doesn't happen immediately. It's not like you're like, oh man, I can't wait to get high, and then you wake up, you're like, ah, my leg. But it does happen. It has this weird reaction to the human body that it appears that their skin has a huge chemical burn on it. Like There's a lot of footage and a lot of photos of these people and it looks like their arm's been dipped in acid. Like phew, like even Crocodile was localized to where you injected it. You inject it in your arm and you start to have this reaction over time. It's not a long period of time either. Where you start to develop this massive chemical burn on your leg. It's totally random. You don't know where it's going to appear. And you keep doing the drink. People keep losing skin and then muscle tissue and then tendons and it becomes infected. And eventually the doctors are like, we're going to have to amputate your leg. And people are so addicted to Trank that even after they've they've had limbs chopped off, they're continuing to use. Here's a quote from the uh, New York Times article. They interviewed this woman named Brooke Peter. She's 38 years old. And here's this quote from her experience. Quote, she unrolled a bandage from elbow to palm. Beneath patches of blackened tissue, exposed white tendons, and pus, the sheared flesh was hot and red. To stave off Xylazine's excruciating withdrawal, she said, she injects trank dope several times a day. Fearful that injecting in a fresh site could create a new wound, she reluctantly shoots into her festering forearm. The Trank Dope literally eats your flesh, she said. It's self-destruction at its finest. But it doesn't matter where you shoot it up. It really doesn't. They don't know why. This is so new. These effects are so new. They don't know why if you shoot up in the arm, you'll lose a leg. But you can watch video after video. I'll put some in the show notes and you can look up the photos People are losing legs. People are losing arms. People are dying, obviously. That's the end result of having such a horrid drug addiction. It's insane. It's insane. It really does feel so dystopian. And I mean, there is a little bit of ethnocentrism here. Because when I read about what was going on in Eastern Europe with with the crocodile, you go, wow, that's insane. That's so awful. But it was also so far away. And I know that crocodile had hit... America, But it was such a garbage drug and there were so many other drugs available, heroin for one, that people weren't really using crocodile like we were seeing over in Russia and Eastern Europe. But this is an American phenomenon. This is an American drug. It's absolutely hellish. People are using these drugs. You know, the New York Times, they were saying that one when they were doing these interviews with people, at one point, there was a guy sitting on the street who was injecting Trank into his leg stump. He was just sitting there in a wheelchair in Philadelphia, lost his leg at some point due to Trank use, and now he's injecting his stump with more Trank. They've said 90% of the quote-unquote heroin in philly is now trank and it will spread to the rest of the united states this will become a main drug of choice because you can't get the opioids like we used to it's terrifying right it really really is scary we can't tell china to stop shipping it in we can't put troops along the border to keep it from coming in from mexico xylazine is legal to have today. You could drive around with a truckload full of it. There's not against the law. That, again, that is not a recommendation, okay? I'm not saying, you know, get into this business, but... They'll, they'll make it illegal at some point, but... Trank. I mean, again, like, if somebody told you there was a drug on the streets today that... Thousands of people are using today. Probably tens of thousands. That makes their limbs fall off. And they know that... You'd be like, that's that's not true. Nobody is that desperate. Heroin can make you addicted and you end up losing your house and your job and you're sleeping in a gutter somewhere. But that's so far off. That's so abstract. You go, no, I only use on the weekends. You can't really tell someone who's using heroin that, you know, this could happen to you. You could lose all this stuff. But, I mean, Trank, this is the new drug. This is the new Fentanyl, heroin, you can't get it now. Well, you can in some parts of the country. You can still get it without drink, But it's so strong that how long will you be able to even buy fentanyl? Will fentanyl eventually also become a distant memory? And before, we would go good. There's no heroin in America? That's awesome. There's no heroin addiction anymore? That's great. There's no fentanyl? That's even better. That was even worse than heroin. But this is what is coming to replace it. Something that is straight out of RoboCop with their nuke. That's what it was reminding me of the whole time in RoboCop 2. They had, this is nuke. This is the most powerful street drug. And that didn't make you fall apart. It was just a super powerful addicted drug that only a cyborg could stop distribution of it. I spent a lot of time talking about that. So I'm going to do a switch up. We are going to save the... Moscow, Idaho story for tomorrow, but I got a short but crazy one. This is another super crazy conspiracy theory. Steve, I'm going to toss you the keys of the carbonicopter. We are leaving behind Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I really hope that the addicts there are able to get the help they need because definitely they don't need more trink. I think, I think I've ruined your guys' day enough. You guys are eating spaghetti. You're like, oh, man. Steve. Get that spaghetti out of your mouth, Steve. I'm tossing the keys to the Carpenter Copter. We are leaving behind Philadelphia. Fly us all the way out too. a pitch black room. Actually, this is kind of a gross segue. We're walking into this pitch black room, but it's not completely pitch black. You do see in the middle of the room, there is a table that's lit up. And on the table is ten sauces. Ten sauces. I don't know why I'm building up the suspense. I changed what the story is, so I'm obviously changing the title of the episode. I can do that much. I'm not willing to go back to re-record the intro, but we're on the set of Hot Ones. You guys know what Hot Ones is? You're like, Jason, what possible conspiracy theory could there be about one of YouTube's most beloved shows? I don't know if that's true. I don't know what it's ranked. I used to watch Hot Ones when I was in that phase where I was playing a lot of Minecraft and I was looking for stuff to watch. This was before I got on my police interrogation binge. I just like to have something going on in the background. I know a lot of you guys like listening to this podcast while you guys game or do your homework or... (laughs) Or cook up a meal, cook up a delicious meal that happens to look like an open wound on a drug user. Lasagna, for example. Hot Ones, if you don't know it, is a interview show where you sit down with this dude and he asks questions while you eat spicy hot wings. I watched it a bit. I watched... You know, you go through it and you look for the celebrities you like. (laughs) It's not just ordinary people. It's not just a garbage man. It's some drug addict. They're like, so tell me how did you get that festering wound? They're like, oh, I don't know if I put hot sauce on this wing or if (laughs) just juice shot out of my wound, but I'm going to eat it no matter what. The way it's set up is that Sean Evans is the host, and he'll sit there, and he'll interview these celebrities while they eat progressively hotter Sauces. So you have the 10 wings and the 10 hot sauces. And they're like, so what was your reason for becoming a celebrity? And like Bobby Brown will be there and he'll be like, well, I just wanted to make music. I wanted to make music for the world. (laughs) Is there crack? Is there any crack here? They're like, no, Bobby Brown. First off, how did you get in the studio? Will Ferrell was supposed to be on this episode. I didn't even know you were still a celebrity. I don't even know if he's still alive, actually. But uh, Bobby Brown, no, 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 no. There's no crack here. But they'll ask celebrities, living celebrities, questions and then you eat the wings you eat them and then you're all sweating and they get progressively hotter it's an okay show it is actually super popular I went through and I looked at the celebrities I wanted to like I think I watched like Shia LaBeouf's one and I don't even remember who the other people were that I watched and then I was like okay that's (laughs) that's done I mean I get the the appeal to it you get to see celebrities kind of in an uncomfortable state, and it's very off the cuff. It's seen, it's actually pretty scripted. The, the questions are scripted, not the answers, but, but you know what I mean? Like it does, it's a different than say like Jay Leno. <laughs> Jason, how old are you? These people don't even exist anymore. Jay, I, Jay Leno burned his face the other day. I wonder how he's doing. But anyways, the, really what I'm getting at is, it, it is a completely innocuous, harmless YouTube show. I guess there's a game show version of it now. (laughs) Bobby Brown, Bobby Brown keeps running out. They're like, what did I win? Did I win crack? They're like, dude, leave, please. Totally harmless internet interview show. People eating little chicken wings. Like the stuff you get at Hooters with a little bit of hot sauce. And the hot sauces do get progressively hotter until eventually like the top one is like 2 million Scoville units. But then we take a look at a conspiracy theory that's recently popped up online. This person online, they post under the name Lighter Than a Feather. They believe, and it's interesting the way they use a lot of wiggle words. They never specifically say, I believe this, but they go, quote, Is it too much to assume the show may not be serving chicken? Now, he's not saying maybe they're serving veggie bites. Because they do, they actually, if you're a vegetarian, they'll have you eat some soy compressed into the shape of a chicken. But he's not worried about that. He's arguing that, is it possible? Well, you know, again, he doesn't specifically say this. But he's implying, I think if someone goes, what if they're not eating chicken? You're not thinking, well, what, what is it then? Is it roast beef? Is it possible that what they're eating is human meat? Human meat in the shape of a chicken wing with a little chicken bone in it. I don't know how they do it, but the elite sure is powerful. What if it's possible that they're eating humans? They're eating human meat on the set of Hot Ones. Because he goes, what if this is a way for the elite... To prove to each other what they are doing. Let me, actually, I'm trying to make sense of this. Let me read you this. Let me read you this quote. I can't put it any better than he does. Quote. Can we guess what the elite might have each other do in order to prove their loyalty and and reserve a hot, this is in quotes And reserve a hot seat. I'm pausing all wrong here. Like, Jason, who's reading this, William Shannon? And reserve a hot seat for them in hell. After all, the elite are satanic. So I know I paused. I know I paused in some really weird places there, but basically, this is them. If I go on hot ones, if I go on this YouTube show that most people don't even know exists, I guess now it is a game show, so it's slightly more popular. But if I am Shia LaBeouf, and I want to prove to Will Ferrell that I am also equally satanic. I will go on Hot Ones and eat what may be human flesh to prove how satanic I am. This is so bizarre to me. I get it, you know, it's... Fascinating to think that I can watch Hot Ones while I'm playing Minecraft and then just get kind of bored of it after, like, I've watched maybe like six or seven episodes over the course of like a week or two. Watched in the most generous terms, it was playing in the background while I was playing video games. And I could be like, oh, that's kind of an interesting insight. It's so funny. I don't remember a single story any of those celebrities talked about. But that, you know, I watch it, I was like, okay, it's disposable YouTube. Content just like this podcast, right? It's just something to have. I love it, and I'm sure the people who make Hot Ones loves their show. But you kind of understand that for a lot of people, it's just background noise, and that's totally fine. But it, 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 it's so weird, right? It's just such a basic show. It's people eating chicken on camera and answering questions. And because, but this guy, you know, who's free to have his opinion, right? This is fairly harmless. It's not hurting anyone. It's not hurt anyone to say Shia LaBeouf's a cannibal. It's so fascinating to me. You can have someone who can view the same thing millions of other people do and see something so different. And the reason why is because they're really what they're seeing is they're seeing famous people eat meat. That's it. They're seeing the same thing everyone else has seen. But because they look at the elite, they look at these people, and here's something that you always got to remember. They are not special people. They are not extraordinary people. They simply have extraordinary jobs. I've always found it so interesting when people look at celebrities as something else, as gods among men, even as demons or devils among men. There are people who are like, no, I hate celebrities. They're the worst. They're just satanic worshiping people. You're giving them power that they don't have over you. I'm sure there are saint-worshipping celebrities. I'm sure there are powerful people. I've said this before. I'm sure there are powerful people the world over who do engage in horrific stuff. Pizzagate-type stuff, cannibalism. I do believe that happens when you reach a certain level of power. I think it's more out of boredom and more out of seeing what you can get away with. I do believe that happens. I don't think it's all of them, but I definitely don't think it's none of them. But I don't think it's Shaquille O'Neal or Will Ferrell or Shia LaBeouf or most of the people who have ever been on Hot Ones. I think that when we look at celebrities and we see them as the elite, I'll tell you right now, dude, by the, in the amount of time you've been listening to this podcast, Bill Gates has pooped in the toilet. He is a totally ordinary person who has all the same fears and wants and hidden secrets and weird thoughts in his head, that every other person does. He's simply famous because he's rich and he helped develop a technology that changed the world. And there are a lot of people who are rich and develop technology to change the world that we have no idea who they are. He made himself the face of the company and then the media went along with it. He's a totally biologically normal human person who does everything else everyone else does. He simply has an extraordinary job. He created an extraordinary, or was part of creating an extraordinary company. That's it. It's such an interesting thing. But when you see a celebrity, when you see someone that you feel is so different from you on a show eating chicken wings, your brain goes to, I think they're eating babies. And the, really the only proof he has of this, is, it shouldn't be a shocker, is none. People said, hey, do you have anything to back this up? Do you have anything to back this up? And he goes, if you watch the Will Ferrell episode, around the 16-minute mark, you'll see something. Well, this is what he said. He goes, if you watch around the 16-minute mark, you'll notice that they, quote, poke fun at it, the idea of, like, the rich hiding something or the elite hiding something before our eyes. They will, quote, poke fun at it around the 16-minute mark if you have eyes to see, unquote. Will Ferrell's appeared on two episodes of Hot Ones. I watched them both around that 16 minute mark. One episode I watched the whole thing and then the other one was like some Christmas special or some donation thing, whatever it was. I watched for the Will Ferrell around a 16 minute mark. I saw him at a different time in the episode. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. He's not even joking. Like I expected him to be like, yeah, you know, who knows what we eat, right? Or making some sort of veiled reference. Nothing, nothing. He, he's watching the same stuff we're watching And coming up with this conspiracy theory about it because he's seen someone that is so divorced from who he is, from what his reality is. That if he sees a rich and famous person eating meat, he thinks he's eating babies. And not only is he eating babies, it's a worldwide conspiracy. So eventually Justin Bieber can be watching Hot Ones and be like, no, how come I don't have my seat in hell? Agent, get the phone, get the phone, fo- get Lucifer on the phone. I want to have that seat in hell. And then he goes on Hot Ones. Yeah, I'll, I'll eat all the babies right now. And the host is like, dude, what are you talking about? Ah, I just had a newborn baby. Justin Bieber's attacking the crib. That's the other thing. We'll wrap it up like this. Like I said, I don't think the number is zero of people who engage, of powerful people who engage in sick and perverted things. I don't think it's all of them by any means. And really what it would come down to this, to pull off, when you're watching a YouTube show and you're watching this guy, this host, Seth Evans. Ooh, Seth, like Seth, like this demon from Egypt. I think I've cracked the code, good sir. You have Seth Evans And then you have a world-famous celebrity on there as well. You have Gordon Ramsay. You have Gordon Ramsay on the show as well. That's all you see. So you could say they're eating human babies. (laughs) Gordon Ramsay's all criticizing him. He's like, I've cooked a lot of babies in my life, and this, sir, is too dry. You have celebrity, and then you have the host, and then you have these 10 pieces of cooked baby in front of you that you're putting the hot sauce on. (laughs) To have that set up, you need to have a dozen people behind the scenes. You have to have not the elite. You would have people that you only know the name of them because you know them personally in real life or you read the credits at the end of each episode. You have to have transportation people and set designers and the lighting crew, person working the mic, all of that stuff, plus your marketing agent, your person talking to YouTube, all everyone on the back end. It's more than 12. And they would all have to be in on it they would all have to be in on it because if the lighting guy is the only person who's not in on it but the microphone guy's sitting there the makeup team everyone knows that Gordon Ramsay's about to chow down on 10 different baby arms and you're the lighting guy and you don't know you it may start to dawn on you after a while you know it's super weird i've never seen a, i've never seen a box of chicken wings come in to the studio We're we're located right next to a nursery. We're located right next to this daycare center in Utah, this green building. And then three, there's missing person flyers everywhere. There's missing person flyers everywhere. When it's like, hey, guys, I'm going to go take my break. And I go down to local Starbucks. There's flyers everywhere for missing children. Now, you could go, Jason, Jason, maybe the children are being killed in another country. And being shipped over here, okay, you sicko. We'll accept that argument. Because, yeah, you could say that it's just a bunch of orphans. <laughs> wow, this got dark really quick. After the losing the limbs, I thought that was bad enough. You're just shipping over orphan arms from somewhere else to America. So you're not going to see missing person flying fires everywhere. I My key point of evidence would be they're clearly not baby arms that they're eating. They're clearly chicken wings. And you would have, now you have to have a whole distribution network of people moving baby parts across the border and all sorts of things. All for the purpose of doing some YouTube show where people are eating hot wings. It's such a bizarre take. It's, I I would have to wonder, like, what type of enjoyment you would find in any media at a certain point if you thought all media was created by. Infernal forces, like how could you enjoy music? How could you enjoy movies or television if you thought they were all bad guys? I wonder what goes through his head when any television show comes on or he listens to any music. It's it's just such a fascinating view of the world. It really is. I don't have a battery. <laughs> my battery's about to die, actually. I didn't plug in my laptop. I don't have another way to wrap this episode up, but it is my first post-COVID episode, so I hope you guys have been patient with me. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great